You all may have a seat. Uh, first of all, can we give it up for the youth worship team? They did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Well, hello, my name is Adam, uh, and I have the joy of serving, as my wife Ashley talked about earlier, uh, alongside my wife Ashley as our director of family ministry here at Faith, which means a big part of my job is I get to hang out with these cool people right here, uh, the youth of our church. I get to spend uh, at least once or twice a week with them, and it is a joy and an honor. And I, uh, I'm genuinely excited to be here this morning, particularly because it is youth Sunday, uh, which is one of my favorite Sundays of the entire year. As a youth ministry, we are grateful for the opportunity to let our students help lead worship, starting with the youth band, and we're going to continue on uh, by looking at God's Word um, and some other fun stuff along the way. Uh, we are all very excited maybe just a tiny bit nervous, uh, but mostly very excited. Uh, and our goals today are very simple. First, we are going to share some of the amazing things God has done and is doing in the life of teenagers in this church and in the community. Specifically, our team who traveled to Puerto Rico uh, is going to take some time to share about ways that they saw God move on our adventure. Second, we're going to turn to God's word to guide us and even maybe challenge us a little bit this morning, all of us. And we're going to worship God in the process of what we've done from the beginning of the service. As a reminder, all glory and all honor and all praise is to him and it is for him. So you guys ready to get started? All right. Well, uh, we're going to pray and then we'll dive in. So please join me in prayer. Father in heaven, you are great and you are worthy of all of our honor and praise. Thank you for being here this morning, Lord. Thank you for your presence. God, I pray that as we hear about what you're doing in the lives of students, as we hear your word, Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to what you are doing and how you are moving, God. Uh, help us to feel your love even just for a few minutes this morning, God. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Oh, so youth group, uh, we've had a tradition where at the end of prayers, we say amen like that. So I think we should try it all one more time. You guys ready for it? All right, so we're going to say in the name of Jesus, we pray. Oh, you guys are good. Oh, I'm impressed. Uh, so the passage we're focusing on this morning, uh, as you heard, it comes from Acts chapter 1. And in this passage, we see Luke, who's the author of the book, uh, pick up where his gospel left off. Just to give us our bearings this morning, here's some stuff that's happened. Uh, Jesus has risen from the grave. He has conquered sin and death in the process. And he's revealed himself to the disciples, but also to many others. In Acts 1-3, we're told that Jesus presented convincing proofs that he was alive. Paul reminds us a little later in 1 Corinthians 15 that Jesus at one time appeared to over 500 people. Imagine Jesus coming to preach on an Easter Sunday here at Faith Church, and we all get to see him. I'd say that's a pretty convincing proof if I've ever heard one. And as he did before he was crucified, he continues to preach about the kingdom of God. 
And specifically during this time, Jesus is also taking a few moments to encourage and to prepare his disciples for the road ahead. Part of this preparation is continuing to tell the disciples about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And then as he's spending his very last moments with the disciples, they ask him a question. And that's where we'll pick it up. It is in verse 6. And it says, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? This is what had been prophesied. This is what they thought the Messiah was here to do. And he is. Uh, And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But then he says this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. God always blesses the reading of his holy word. There is a lot to unpack in that passage, uh, and it is worthy of multiple weeks of study and discussion and teaching. But for our purposes today, we're going to focus mainly on what it tells us in verse 8, where Jesus gives his disciples one last charge before he sends into heaven, and he foreshadows how they're going to accomplish it. So as we zoom in on this verse, we have three questions we're asking this morning. First, We're going to ask, what did trusting Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit mean for his closest followers? What did it mean for the disciples? Second, we're going to ask, what did trusting Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit mean for these people right here, the high school missions team who traveled to Puerto Rico just a few weeks back? And finally, we're going to ask, what does trusting Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit mean? What does that mean for us today, especially as a church who's striving to fulfill and accomplish our mission to be a disciple-making family for Loveland and for the world? But we're going to start with the disciples. What did trusting Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit, what did it mean for them? So for a minute, I want you to put yourselves in the shoes of the disciples Just a month and a half ago, before the passage we just read, they watched and they witnessed Jesus' death on the cross. And as people who lived with him, naturally, this probably rocked them to their very core. For some, it meant that they scattered, that they went into hiding. They were afraid to show their face to anyone, right? Uh, For others, uh, it meant that they went back to their previous lifestyle. Everything they thought they knew had changed, and so they went back to the only thing they felt they still had left, possibly. For Peter, that meant he went back to fishing. Uh, At the very least, for all the disciples, it made them question likely what their purpose was, and it made them question everything they thought to be true. So fast forward to where we're at in Acts. Uh, Jesus is about to leave again, but before he does, he gives them two powerful things. First, Jesus gives his disciples a mission. He tells them to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. But he doesn't stop there. He gives them help to accomplish this mission. He gives them a promise of the Holy Spirit. So as Jesus ascends into heaven, do the disciples follow the same pattern they had previously of anxiety and doubt and maybe even questioning their life choices? 
Well, luckily for us, no, they don't. Of course not. Instead of scattering, the disciples, they fall into a new pattern. They gather, they pray, they trust, and then they wait. And this new pattern, it works better than we could ever imagine. At the end of Acts 1, we see that they demonstrate wisdom and trust in God as they add a member to their ranks. Uh, they, they elect a new apostle to join them. In Acts 2, we see the incredible moment when Pentecost happens as the Holy Spirit comes upon them and the impact, well, it is immediate. As they speak, the, as the Holy Spirit comes on them, the way they speak, the way they teach, the way they act in boldness, it changes in an instant. And you can read the whole story in Acts 2, starting there, but I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version this morning. This is the back of the book cover description. Embracing the power of the Holy Spirit, well, it led this group of somewhat unskilled, certainly unlikely societal outcasts and their brethren to continue a movement that changed everything. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, incredible history-altering things occur, and millions and millions of people find hope and life in Jesus Christ. And in spite of this, uh, in spite of all the trouble that they faced, including persecution, discomfort at the very least. So what did trusting Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit, what did it mean for the disciples? Well, it meant hope, and it meant power, and it meant purpose. It meant a movement started that is still occurring to this very day, over 2,000 years later. And I'm privileged to have seen a continuation of this movement in many ways during my life, but specifically for today, I saw a piece of it happen three weeks ago as a team of 14 high schoolers and four leaders took an adventure to Puerto Rico. Our main mission while we were there was to partner with a local church in the city of Canovanas, which is just outside of San Juan, the capital of Puerto Rico. Uh, the church that we served at was called Iglesia Defensores de la Fe Luisa Valley, or in English, Defenders of the Faith of Luisa Valley. And it was pastored by a man named Juna, uh, Juma. And Juma was the pastor, he was the youth pastor, he was the children's minister, he was the janitor, he was also the financial director. You can get the idea. The man had a lot on his plate, so it was a blessing to be able to serve him and partner with him even for a week. During our time at the church, we were able to attend multiple worship services, and during this time, we had a chance to share our testimonies. Uh, some of the youth got up and shared about what God was doing in their life. Some even shared about how God led them to come on this trip. It was very powerful. Uh, we were able to help lead worship for a short amount of time, and then we were even able to pray for the pastor and for the congregation, even members of the congregation congregation who didn't speak English. Uh, the Holy Spirit certainly moved during that time. In addition, during the week, we hosted a VBS for the church and for the community, uh, and we helped with sports camps in the afternoon with the goal of reaching the youth in the community. And finally, we were able to help serve a family in the community by cleaning and washing and helping to paint parts of their house. There was a lot to be done, and there were a lot of challenges along the way. So what did trusting Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit mean for our group in Puerto Rico? Well, to help answer that question, 
I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm going to turn it over to a few of our high school students who are going to share firsthand testimonies of how God worked in their lives and the lives of those we served. And we're going to kick it off with Haley. Haley is a graduating senior. This is her second missions trip that she's been on with us. And I'm excited for you guys to hear what she has to share. So welcome Haley to the stage. Hello? Yes. It's on. It's on? Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm Haley. Um, and um, today I wanted to talk about, there. I have two different points. They're not really connected, but I think they're equally important to, to mention. Um, Um, the first is God works in the little things, and I saw this several times uh, on the trip, um, but most specifically, um, towards the beginning of the missions trip, there was, uh, we had two vans, one had air conditioning, and one did not. And if you know anything about the weather in Puerto Rico, it's very hot and very humid. So riding in the unair conditioned van was usually kind of uncomfortable, but it didn't matter to me. I was in the unair-conditioned van, un van this one day, and Ashley came up to the van and just offhandedly said, um, thank you for making the sacrifice to sit in the unair-conditioned van. And I kind of just brushed it off, because I'm like, oh, it's just a van, whatever, it's only a 10-minute drive, whatever, it's not a big deal. Um, turns out, it ended up being a big deal um, in, in a small way. Um, that day, we were going to the bioluminescent bay to see the, the glowing algae, and my swimsuit and all of my stuff, my phone, my towel, everything, was in the van that I had ridden that morning, the unair-conditioned van. And we had split into groups. My group stayed with the uh, sports camp to help with that, and the other group went to the old pastor's house to prepare for painting. They took the van that was air-conditioned, and because they took that van, the van that I had ridden in that had all of my stuff in was left behind, and so I was able to change into my swimsuit, ready to go, before the other group got back, cause, so it wouldn't cause any more chaos than necessary. And when I went to go get my stuff, uh, I stood there and I was like, oh my goodness, this is such a God moment. And one of our designated Puerto Ricans, John, was there, and he was, I, I was like, whoa. And he's like, what? And I'm like, this is such a God moment. He's like, okay. <laughs> and it was, just, it was just one of those like, small things that didn't seem that important at the time. But it really showed me how God works in such a little way. And the second point is the faith of the next generation is worth everything. And that is why we did the VBS. It's so important to, because we developed those relationships with those people, those children, and those teenagers, people our own age, seven children, and seven, well, seven of them got saved on the mission trip. And that's, that's why it's so important to go talk to people and to build those relationships because through, even though it may not seem like a big thing to you, just talking with somebody about their favorite color, their favorite ice cream, or what they did yesterday, it builds that relationship and it opens them up to, 
to Christ. Thank you. Hi, my name is Brendan Lararte, and I was honored enough to be able to go on this mission trip with this youth group. Now, for those who don't know, I was not originally a part of this youth group. I was not originally a part of this family. I was invited by one of my best friends, maybe on the last day you could sign up for this trip. And I sent in my application to Adam and Ashley, and I was invited. And so I got to go to several of the team meetings beforehand, and I was preparing, and I was told that I was going to go on this trip. And if I'm being fully honest, there was always something in the back of my mind that made me go, oh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to, you know, I'm not going to have enough money, or there's going to be a complication, or I'm not going to meet a qualification. And it just kind of kept lingering until about 2 a.m. when we were out front of the youth center, and we were about to board, or excuse me, we were about to get in the vans to go to DIA, that I truly realized what was going on and what was about to happen in my life. The Puerto Rican mission trip changed me, and it changed a lot of how I saw the world, how I saw myself, how I understood God, and the family that I was a part of. And I'd love to share what I learned with you. I learned that I love the culture and the people. And I was so grateful for the opportunity that I got to take. I learned I love the way of life that is down there, the, the fervor and their spirit and their love, as well as their sass. <laughs> and I learned that I loved serving. On the first day that I was there, I think I was tying my shoe. And a woman walked up to our leader, Ashley, and she said that we have this special needs kid who needs someone to be with him 100% of the time. And without even thinking, I just felt and I knew. So I stood up and I said, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll be here. I, I'll, I can do 100% of the time. I'd love to. And so for the next five days, every time that that little boy Ethan was there, I was by his side. I went everywhere and I did everything with him. And oh boy, he is smarter than I am. <laughs> This eight-year-old little Puerto Rican kid had to put up with this, vanilla, this Vanillaville white boy who could not understand more than eight words of Spanish, and I owe it all to him. He was amazing. That's one of the many examples on where I saw God working in our group, the people in Puerto Rico, through their spirit, the opportunities, and the things that happened. Like Haley said, the little things that really shouldn't have worked out. When we got there, we were all discombobulated. We had spent a day of traveling. It was the middle of the night. And we learned halfway through as we landed in sweet old Puerto Rico that while we were in Puerto Rico, our baggage was in Switzerland, Japan, and Australia, respectively. <laughs> and that the whole world got traveled by our luggage. <laughs> and within 12 hours, we were able to somehow miraculously get all of our things back and get ready for the next day that Adam had literally gone in the middle of the night to get our stuff. Through little opportunities and things like that, it truly showed me how much God works with us and in the background and always makes the little things worked out. The people there were so kind and 
gave us and helped us and supported us and whatever we need. And I was able to see the fervor and the spirit of God working with them and through them. And on one of the prayer nights, there was this man who I've never heard more intense and more of a thick Spanish accent than he had. And for, I'm not even kidding you, 20 minutes straight, he sat on the ground, hands and knees, praying to God. I had no idea what he was saying. I had no idea what was going on in his life. But all I knew I could do is sit there and support him. And so that's what I did. And it was through the celebration and the worship that these people had that truly showed me a different kind of spirit. And I was grateful for that. I was grateful for Adam and Ashley for supporting me and bringing me into this family. I was grateful for my best friend, Michaela, who invited me on this trip and gave me this, helped give me this wonderful experience. And I'm grateful for each one of the kids here who took me as a stranger who they'd never really seen or even knew before and made them feel like a part of the family. And I'm grateful for how it impacted my life because on this trip, I learned truly how to make the best of any situation, how in the roughest of times and the hardest of times, we're all tired and hot and it's barely almost 100 degrees in the middle of night and we're all just sweaty and tired. How that when we have little bits of infighting or human error and fault, how to love each other and come back to each other and choose each other and work through it and how that we will always be there for each other and how truly God was always there for me because I learned on that trip who God was calling me to be. And I was honored enough to be able to experience God. The last thing I will share with you is how that happened. I was experienced... I was experiencing him through every little random thing. But the truth of it all is that I was able to experience what he wanted me to be, who he was telling me and calling me to be. He was telling me that my future is safe, that my past was forgiven, telling me to rest, and that no matter how much I'm worried or freaking out, that he has always got me in the palm of his hand. He is always there for me. He is always putting people in my life who I need, and he is always going to be the one who protects me. And that he's given me opportunities like Puerto Rico to truly change my life, to meet amazing people, to grow with the people here, and to find a community and a family that I can truly belong. And that trip definitely changed my life in many, many ways. And I thanked God for that every single day since. Thank you, that's all I have. I'm Sage. I've been a member of the youth group since like around January and um, really thankful to be able to have gone on this amazing life-changing missions trip with all these really amazing people. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh yeah. Okay. So when we got there and our bags weren't with us when we switched the planes, it was really, really late and um, like almost the middle of the night and me and Jolie, we couldn't sleep. So we went to our designated Puerto Rican Francesca and she was like, come on, get on pants and we're going to the airport to get our luggage. So we went and got it. And like, uh, Brendan and Haley were talking about the little things. I just 
felt the need to just be there and help, no matter how tired I was or how late I was. And we got all of our bags back, thankfully. <laughs> and so we all had our clothes the next day, which was really great. And then, um, and then for the Sunday service, the youth was asked to give our testimonies of what God was doing through us and how like we came to him. And so I talked a lot about family and how God brought me to this youth group and gave me another family and another home, which was really, really amazing. And I never in a million years would have thought I would have been able to stand up in front of a whole church in another country and share my story. So that was pretty awesome that he gave me the confidence and pushed me just to say yes and pushed me to keep doing a lot of things like that throughout the church to just do things I never thought I would have been able to do and just put myself out there and say yes. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, there we are. Hi, I'm Josiah. I have been going here since, gosh, I think I was uh, three when my parents brought here and didn't have much choice since. Um, <laughs> here at Faith Church, our mission statement is to know and show the enduring love of Jesus Christ by being a disciple-making family to love and end the world. And by growing up here in the church, I have been learning and living the first part of that, showing it to Loveland um, and within this church. But this mission trip, we were able to bring it to Puerto Rico, somewhere I didn't think I'd ever be able to get to. Um, because of COVID, we were thinking that, you know, we weren't going to be able to go. God worked miracles, and we did get to go. Um, when the idea was first brought up of going to Puerto Rico, we had to fill out an application. That application was to try and figure out who we were, why we wanted to go. And there were all a lot of you questions. And that was weird because this mission trip is about other people, the kids that we were trying to serve. And God continually showed that through everything, like us getting our luggage stuck in Japan, Switzerland, and Australia. And I think a bag also got lost in the airport, making a total trips of five for, for our leaders. And that's way too many trips, honestly, to the airport that anybody should be going to. And yet it all worked out. And VBS really was amazing with um, just watching these kids um, have so much fun with learning about God. And I've been through my own VBS, but this one was different because they were also helping us. We had no idea how to speak Spanish except for Ashley. And so we were trying to learn and adapting what we could do to help these kids understand and just hear the love of God, but we didn't have to. We made our skit into a silent movie, so then, and through that, they were even able to understand that, and the last day, there was this kid named, 
John D. And I don't know why, but for some reason we didn't have a translator for one of the stations. And this kid, he was in my group and we're trying to figure out what are we gonna do, where's this leader? And he just goes up and grabs the mic and starts translating for everybody. This kid's eight years old, translating for us, and we have absolute, like, he's translating the kids' questions to us and what we're saying to them. He's a genius. Um, and that same day, four kids, including him, came to Christ. And the fact that we were able to just spend one week down there blew my mind that we were able to change these kids' lives. And there were some kids that I wasn't sure if we were getting through to them, whether or not we were actually making a difference in their life. But the last day came around, and you could see a difference. And these kids were sad that we were leaving. And we were, seriously, we were all sad that we were leaving. If it weren't for people back here and our lives, we probably would have stayed. Um, or at least brought some of them home. Um, but that turns out to be illegal. Um, so, God works in the little things, and he's just able to bring kids, and they will be remembered, and they will remember us forever. students speak, I, I hope it's easy to see that God really did do some amazing things. Um, and it's not because of who we are, not because of any skills or strengths that we uh, possess. Uh, simply, it was because the Holy Spirit worked through our team. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 4 through 6, Paul uh, gives us a nice reminder about this idea. And he says in verse 4, such confidence we have through Christ before God, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. As you heard during our time, there were challenges that we experienced in Puerto Rico, uh, things like being tired and hot. And yes, as a Colorado boy born and raised, there actually is a thing uh, that is humid, humidity. Uh, and I experienced it uh, like a wall as soon as I got off the plane. Uh, but times we didn't speak Spanish, times where, believe it or not, we planned something and shockingly, it did not go according to the way that we planned it. Oh my goodness. Uh, in times where we were probably not prepared for the task that we had uh, ahead of us. But with every challenge we, spaked, uh, we faced, the Holy Spirit worked through our insufficiency for God's purpose and for his glory. So what did trusting Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit, what did it mean for our group who went to Puerto Rico? It meant that the Holy Spirit was sufficient. And by relying on it, God worked. So lastly, this morning as we close, I'm going to ask the question, what does trusting Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit mean for us here today, especially as we continue to strive to be a disciple-making family for Loveland and for the world? 
I think a key part of that question is answered by taking time to look into Jesus' command to his disciples that we see in Acts 8. He says, you will be my witnesses, meaning church, all of us, the way we live our lives, that is what will show how we trust Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit. And this includes, but it is not limited to, how we worship and how we experience freedom as we worship God, not just on Sundays, but every single day of the week. It includes how we love and how we care for our families and our brothers and sisters here at Faith Church, but also in the Big C Church, in the body of Christ, in our community and around the world. And it includes how we engage our neighbors even those neighbors that maybe we're not so fond of, maybe we don't always agree with, maybe are sometimes hard to love. It includes how we use our time and our talents and the means God has blessed us with. All of those things are a part of our witness to the world around us. Our response and actions in all of these areas are our witness to the world. And we can be encouraged by some things that are uh, happening right now. There are ways that we are living this out as a church and as in individuals very well. Just one quick example. The way that you all have supported the youth group, specifically financially, is nothing short of amazing. God has worked through your prayer. God has worked through your encouragement. And God has worked through your offerings to impact every single one of the lives of the students and leaders before you. From the bottom of my heart, I just want to say thank you. Thank you very, very much. But at the same time, we know that clearly God's work for us is not done. Jesus' mission for the disciples, it applies to us as well. We are still called to help build God's kingdom in Loveland and in Colorado and in Puerto Rico and all over the world. It is a big big task. And there is a lot to do, but we can be confident that we are not alone in this endeavor. The Holy Spirit has, the Holy Spirit is, and the Holy Spirit will continue to do incredible things. We just have to be willing and ready to let it happen and maybe continue to follow the pattern that the disciples showed us in acts of gathering, of praying, of trusting, and waiting, and then when the Holy Spirit pours out on us, being willing to act, being moved to action. So as we close, we're gonna take a small step by following that pattern this morning. We're gonna pray, and as we do, let's trust God's leading, and let's listen for him uh, and ask how he wants us to respond, even if it's just for a minute. So I'm gonna pray, and then we'll take that minute and ask Jesus, what do you have for me today? What are you calling me to in this moment? So let's pray, guys. Heavenly Father, uh, I am grateful. I am grateful for the ways you have moved uh, and how you are currently moving. Lord, I am grateful for the work you did in the team that went to Puerto Rico. Father, at the same time, we humbly ask that you would lead us and guide us. We are here uh, wanting your, uh, your direction, Father. So please show us what you have for us today, Lord.
Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.